the living dead. Vampires. Torture. Evil has existed since the dawn of time. But what are the origins of this evil? Wicked history explores the origins for a better understanding of the future. Here are your hosts, Chris Atkins and Lane Deesh. I'm here for it. Welcome. 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 Welcome, strangelings. <laughs> um, did you watch the TikTok I just sent you? I did not watch the TikTok you just sent me. I was talking to Miss I was talking to Miss Jackie Brooks on the phone. She says hello. Hi. Hi. I, know. Hi. I wanted her to record. She says she hates her voice. Oh, well, we all do. But she's so into wicked history, she needs to be part of it because you would blow her mind. <laughs> She'd lie. Uh, yeah. Uh oh, I need to turn my phone on silent. On the silent. Okay. Put it on like, do not disturb. Well, I put it on silent, so hopefully nobody will disturb me. Oi. I think that supersedes do not disturb. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. Uh, do not disturb will Son keep of someone bitch. from being able to call in that. Stops Ex- the recording. Except for my favorite people, because I have my Do Not Disturb set up that my favorites can uh, disturb me. But I've noticed on silent that even my favorites can't disturb me. Oh, okay. I don't freaking know. I act like I'm techie. I ain't techie. I thought you meant silent as in like turning your ringer off. I'm like, that's really not going to do anything. <laughs> Well, I turn my ringers like turned down. Okay. Like, like I didn't hit the volume. I hit the like, you know, the side, the side sweat thing. Yeah. The off. Gosh, just nobody mess with me right now. All my friends listen, I think. <laughs> well, this is not in real time. So we're not live. <laughs> anywho, anywho. So today. I decided because of what's coming this week that we would talk about St. Patrick's Day. Oh, okay. I I thought we were going to be talking about some nursery rhymes, but I like it. Okay. The nursery rhymes I'm going to do intermittently, I think. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. For those times when I I need a subject. (laughs) Right. I've already researched it. The data is in. Yes. So, St. Patrick. We're talking, we don't really know his exact date of birth. Uh, somewhere in the 4th and 5th centuries. Okay. Uh, probably around 385 AD. Um, and he lived somewhere to in, into the later 400s. So maybe around 461 is kind of the guesstimate. Okay. I know nothing about St. Patrick. This is exciting. So the story goes a little something like this. Um, 
A young 16-year-old Patrick is walking the shoreline on the Isle of Britannia. So this is before um, we have Great Britain. This is this is kind of around nowadays Scotland, maybe Wales area, um, in there thereabouts. So he the the shore is stormed by all these pagan Celts from Ireland. Patrick is said to be beaten into submission, mm. kid kidnapped, and then brought back to Ireland to be sold into slavery. Oh, Patrick. This is sounding, you know, kind of horrifying, but young Patrick doesn't fret. He's in a land where he doesn't understand the language. He's sold into hard labor, but for years he does this and never breaks. He turns to God and the power of prayer to get him through it. I love him. He states that, if he said hundreds of prayers during the day, he equally did as many at night just to get himself through this time. God, that's beautiful. But one night he has this like vision or almost dream, I guess, which he'll have a lot throughout his life. But either way, he begins to walk away from his master for like 200 miles. He's got this vision that he needs to go 200 miles to reach the shores of Ireland uh, to look for a ship and that ship would be his way home. Whoa. So when he, yeah. So Which, where, where is home? Home would be back in Britannia. Okay. Not far, but that's, so. uh, we're just going off the legend right now. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So he does just this. He walks away and he just walks for 200 miles until he finds the ship from his vision and he asks the captain, you know, may I, you know, may I be a passenger on your boat? I'm looking to go home. And at first this, you know, uh, we'll call him pagan captain. I don't know how we know he's pagan. We just know he's pagan. Anyways, he's like, can you pay for your passage? And Patrick says, of course, no, he's been a slave for the past six years. He, he can't pay for his passage. And the, um, the captain's like, all right, bye, go on. You're done. No. So as Patrick's walking away, the captain kind of has a change of heart, but he kind of says, you know, turn on your God and I will take you. Turn on your God. Yes. So like, you know, pledge your allegiance to the pagan gods and goddesses. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'll give you passage. And he says, you know, absolutely not. And I guess at some point the captain is kind of taken aback by this. So he does allow Patrick to board his ship. Mm, Okay. Scary. I don't know if I'd want to (laughs) go. What are you going to do to me? Yes. When he arrives back in Britannia, the story is kind of shaky from here. Some believe he finds his mother who had thought he was dead and they're reunited. Mm -hmm. Um, When Patrick has another vision that he is to return to Ireland and spread the word of God in the heathen land. His mother is distraught when she hears this, um, but he assures he needs to prepare for this. So it's not going to be something that happens overnight. And he takes 20 years of his life preparing for this. Wow. What's included in this preparation is kind of speculatory, but he does 
returned to Ireland 20 years later as a deacon of the Christian church. So that must have been part of his preparation. I guess it's, you know, there's a lot that there's a lot of training involved in becoming a deacon. Um, How much of that happened back in the 400s? I don't know, but we're guessing that's what that 20 year preparation was. His presence isn't widely appreciated by the pagans. They see him as kind of like a usurper, kind of coming into their land and trying to undermine their authority based on religion. What is a usurper? Someone that comes in and takes over. Okay. So, you know, they kind of see this as bad news for the pagan faith and and also their stronghold on the people because, Uh. you know, he's coming in with a brand new God. And, you know, that just, it's, it's no good. But that being said, this dude completely sweeps Ireland. He baptizes pagans left and right. It is so well received that it's believed that Ireland is the hotbed for the Christian faith and its ability to take over. He single-handedly made JC a superstar overnight. Heck yeah. So... Jesus Christ Superstar just popped into my head and made me giggle so now maybe you're asking but Chris didn't he drive snakes out of Ireland isn't that what he's famous for snakes snakes I knew nothing about it okay that well it's very widely believed that St. Patrick in St. Patrick's Day is the day that St. Patrick drove all the snakes out of Ireland. There's one huge flaw in that. There has not been a snake naturally in Ireland since the Ice Age. Oh. There are no snakes in Ireland. We want to believe St. Patrick's Day is the day he drove out all these dreaded snakes and saved Ireland. But this is where the story gets a little bit uh, creepy, I suppose. Creep me out. I can't wait. Now, this is not a normal Wicked History story because there's really, there, there's one theory that is pretty, um, pretty bad, pretty gross. But for the most part, it's not that wicked but i did my best as far as trying to get the history of saint patrick's day in honor of saint patrick anyway can't make something wicked if it's not right so no snakes in ireland even worse he didn't even bring christianity to ireland at all really so what did he do was it inventing the green beer maybe i don't know really um but He was beaten to Ireland by a bishop named Palladius. St. Patrick. Mm. Yes. But St. Patrick, I suppose, beats Palladius in that we do not celebrate St. Palladius Day. Right. Why not? Here's what I do know. He won the popularity vote. Probably. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the first one there. (laughs) He was the better looking bro. Right. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Like they they both look like, you know, 
long white bearded men but right <laughs> whatever anyway palladius palladius silly palladius poor palladius so let's talk about the date <laughs> where's his recognition where why is he not a saint anyways so mark he didn't 17th. drive out the snikes <laughs> <laughs> anyway so march 17th is not only not the day that snakes were driven out of ireland it's not even saint patrick's birthday it is the exact opposite it is the day he uh, died oh <laughs> <laughs> that is that's fine we can so, celebrate his death we do celebrate his death but i guess that's because he's a saint and their death day is their saint's feast day okay so there's there's that that makes sense uh, his name may not have even been Patrick. Oh. <laughs> the re- <laughs> keeps getting better and better. So the original story, his name is Patricius. Patricius. Oh. But back in the 4th and 5th century, that name would have denoted that he was of aristocratic birth. Oh. And that just doesn't fit this narrative as well as being this poor boy who got these visions from god okay right patricius would have been kind of like calling someone a duke or a count oh so it was less of a name and more of a title oh right is it possible he was a bigger deal than we originally thought i'm I'm thinking yes whatever his name was he did exist that we know we know he did exist because he wrote a memoir and he has been the subject of many hagiographic hagiographic novels which are books about the lives of saints it's like um, an autobiography for a saint or a biography for a saint okay so there's been many of those books There are only two books from his actual lifetime that tell us anything about himself. And he wrote both of them. So the story we know of St. Patrick from his time, he's the one that wrote it. It's his memoirs. He called it the the confessions, but that's all we have. So normally in a famous person's life, we know stuff from history by books and stuff from multiple sources in St. Patrick's life. We only know what his life was like based on what he says. So take it with a grain of salt. Is what okay. I'm saying. Okay. Patrick was born in Roman Britain or Brit- Britannia to a man named Calpurnius, who was a local official in the town they lived in. His father was also the deacon of the Christian church, and he is believed to be third generation Christian. So it's not Christianity. It's not it's not like God reached out to someone who didn't know of him and gave these visions. So it's like, okay, he's been a Christian Christian Christianity. I guess I'm painting the picture that Christianity isn't new in his family. It's he's a third generation Christian. So to think that he's the first person to bring Christianity anywhere is preposterous. 
I guess. Preposterous. Yeah. His grandfather was a man named Petitus, uh, maybe? P- yeah. That's awful. He was also a priest in the Christian church. Okay. We know nothing of Patrick's mother at all. So Aww, the, the, I was going to say he was born to this person. Where, who's his mama? Right. But we don't we, know. We don't have a clue. And that's kind of like how the story that I told earlier about, you know, what is believed to be the truth about St. Patrick kind of starts to get this, you know, it's like Swiss cheese it starts to get holes in it. And, you know, right. it's clearly not, not true, but yeah, we know nothing about the mother. In his confessions, he admits he was born to a well-off family that owned slaves. The location of the village Patrick is believed to be from is kind of nowadays Wales. Again, this is geography that's described in manuscripts at the time. So, you know, we don't really have a map that shows exactly where these places are. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, like he, okay, let me see here. He doesn't even mention, I guess, where he's born, but we're getting this location from books that were written about him later, I guess. Okay. By the, yes. Um, let's see. I, okay. I wanted to bring this part. I just highlighted a part. So, there were a lot of reports at the time of teenagers being kidnapped and sold into slavery. And that's kind of also how historians have figured out where he might be, might've been located. But when we get to a part in his, we're going to like go through his story based on what he wrote. Um, And it almost doesn't make sense, you know, geographically where he lives because of, how long his journey took but i don't know i'm not a i'm not a big geographer so i don't know but you're you're gonna hear a story of like how many days and nights it took him to travel to certain locations and based off of that information stuff doesn't quite add up for me but you know that's not my it's not my specialty yeah i definitely won't be picking that apart (laughs) (laughs) i'll just have to take your word So Patrick was kidnapped straight off of his own property and packed onto a slave ship with tons of other teens around his age. Wow. He he saw this as punishment from God for not being a good enough Christian. As a Christian would. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But he also attributes this time in his life to his like religious awakening. Like he needed this to happen to him. To kind of stoke the fire of Christianity in him. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So he even states in the confessions that God had mercy on the ignorance of his youth and looked after him. Aw. So, yeah, he, like, he does talk quite a bit about how religion saved him during these hard times in his life. Um, He never, he doesn't talk about, like, being distraught in any way. He just says, no, I just, you know, I turned to God, I prayed a lot, and I got through it. He doesn't complain at all. While he was in Ireland as a slave, wait, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. While he was a a slave in Ireland, he was a shepherd 
he, you know, raised flocks of sheep. Oh, okay. He even admits that, like, during this time, he grows very fond of Ireland as a country and the Irish people. But he constantly will, he's, like, self-deprecating when he writes. He admits to not being well-educated and alludes to that several times in his writing. To which he attributes his ignorance um, to be in him, from him being taken away from his home at such a young age. You know, he kind of like, I would have been a smarter man, but I was kidnapped in my teens, so I couldn't finish my education. Basically that. But he talks about it a lot. And you don't, I don't really believe it because he, he spoke many languages. He spoke Latin. Oh, wow. Which I guess isn't unheard of in Roman, in the time when the Romans were in charge of of Britannia. It just seems impossible now. Just joking. He he spoke Latin, but he also picked up on the Irish dialect and he spoke several other languages. So, plus in his writing, he's very eloquent in his writing. His writing is not like something that you would expect to read from like an uneducated person. An he, ignorant man. He can write, first of all. So that's a huge step. Because back then, writing wasn't like some dire need. You know, learning to write was for the wealthy. So nice try, Pat. But I don't really believe that you were not educated. Nice try, Pat. Yeah. He goes on to say that one day he heard a voice tell him... It was about time for him to return home. Then another voice says to him, your ship is ready, but it is 200 miles away. And in an, un, in an area unknown to Patrick at this time, we don't really know uh, if it was, we don't know the path he took. Because imagine having, okay, you're taken to a land you don't know at all. Right. You're, you're told that your ship is 200 miles away. So we don't know what path he took and traversed in any way, shape, or form to get, you know, knowing that it was 200 miles away doesn't help us know where he was located as a shepherd, unfortunately. It's just, you know, he could have gone all, he could have been 20 miles from the shore for all we know, and he took 200 miles to get there. But he walked 200 miles. Nonetheless, it was time he fled his master of six years He walks the 200 miles and he gets to the ship. So he says when he makes it to the coast, there is in fact a ship, but it is setting out already. He asks, so he like chases it down. He asks the, what he describes as pagan sailors for a ride and they initially refuse. But as he's walking away, I guess they have a change of heart and tell him like, come on, let's go. So he's on, we do know he's on this ship based on the confessions again. He's on the ship for three days and then he walks for 28 days by foot in what is described as desert, arid desert. Okay. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the entire, you know, Great Britain area. I don't think any place is arid desert, but I could be wrong. Let me know if I'm wrong. I would love to know. Like, where is he going in the desert? I don't know. Anyways, it it all just blows my mind. In fact, the journey by foot was so bad, many of his, quote, companions on this trip 
began to starve to death and drop dead. <gasps> yeah. Who his companions are, we're assuming, are the sailors on the ship. Like, he promised them, like, because you brought me, come with me to my homeland and I'll take care of you kind of thing. Um, so, those are possibly his companions. But they've run out of food and they're they're dropping dead just left and right. I don't like, I don't know who else these people could be. Like, where did he get his, where did he get a posse? This whole story is just insane to me. So anyways, then he tells his reader that he is so distraught over his companions dying that he prays to God and God answers his prayers. Oh, really? So, they're camping and after he prays this like herd of swine or you know hogs okay come in and they're able to like you know then hunt the hogs and eat but like if it's this easy why did he like why did people have to starve to death for him to finally like pray if if his connection with god is like this strong that he can pray and like pigs show up to eat um, why did you let people starve first, Patrick? Anyway, yeah, Patrick. Where was I? Okay, swine. Uh, so the men kill a bunch of hogs and they camp for a couple of days and just eat to regain all of their strength. I'm imagining like greasy men, you know, they've eaten ribs and stuff in their face and their fingers are just greasy, but they that's all they do for like. For a couple of days, they just eat the pigs. Feast. Yes. Feast on the swine. (laughs) The great swine feast. Patrick is so pleased with himself that he says the men knew right then and there they would devote themselves to Christianity because bacon's awesome, you know. Oh my God, would you shut it? (laughs) Pork is good. We like the pork. 14 days later, just as they run out of food again, they reach civilization. Finally. Lucky timing. Yes. What luck. That is a long ass time. Patrick writes, he is then taken as captive again, but has a vision from God that he will only be a captive for two months. And lo and behold, he's right. After 60 days, he is free again. However, he gives absolutely no detail as to how or why. Like, there's, it's just like, I was, I was taken captive, but I had a vision from God. And he's like, dude, don't worry. It's only going to be two months. And boom, I was out in 60 days. But he doesn't talk about anything else related to that. What happened to him? During those 60 days, how he got out, like nothing. Right. Nothing to go on. Okay. So take that also with a grain of salt. He then states that after a few years, he is happily returned to his family. Where were you for years? And becomes a deacon like his father. But again, he offers zero explanation on how he accomplishes any of this. He doesn't talk about his training that it took for becoming a deacon. Nothing. He just, I, after many years of wandering the desert, 
in England, apparently. I made it home. And I, and I want to be a deacon. Right. And he just does it. Our boy has a small fall from grace when he is accused by his superiors of sin that he committed some 30 years earlier when he was 15 years old. Well, what the heck? Yeah. He also states the church turned their back on him, even though one of his powerful friends tried to intervene. What we know of this timeline, though, is complete garbage. He spends every little, he spends all of his time, like, talking about just the events that happen and nothing, like, about explaining how or why any of this happens. But anyway, so, yeah, uh, he spent, he, um, uh, he's about, so we're guessing, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over our words. We're guessing he's about 40 years old at this time, based on just, like, these small details that he gives us. Again, he doesn't explain the timeline very well in his story. But he states that when he is charged with all of this, he wasn't even in Britain at the time. He just what the ne- heck? He had never even heard about all this. The issues that he was having with the church all happened when he wasn't even there. So he didn't even know about it. Sorry, visitor. <laughs> We can speculate that he was already back in Ireland when all that happened, but again, we don't know. His parents did beg him not <clears throat> not to go back, but he says he has another vision, this time of a man named Victor- Victoricus. Oh, Victoricus. These names are awful. Victoricus, who appeared to be from Ireland and who gave him a letter to read. When he reads the letter, it states that he thought he heard, he states that he thought he heard a voice. And this voice he describes as being around the area of the woods of Fuclut, which is in Ireland. Um, We don't know exactly where Fuclut was, but. I like that name. Yes, Fuclut. We're guessing it's probably close to the Atlantic Ocean. Anyways, he says the voice shouted in one voice. Oh, holy boy, we beg you to come again and walks, walk among us once more. That's his vision. Okay. Oh, holy boy. Oh, holy boy. <laughs> Patrick is so touched by this that he decides he will return to Ireland as bishop and spread the word of God. Because of Fuclut. Fuclut. Okay. All, the people, all the people love Fuclut. Victoricus set me up. (laughs) Okay, so he, you know, he's like, I gotta go back to Ireland. I'll go back as a bishop and I'm gonna, you know, baptize everybody. Because you can just be a bishop. You can just do that. I don't, again, we have no idea how he became a Okay, so this feat wouldn't go as well as he thought. He receives ridicule and insults everywhere he goes. It was so bad. He called himself an alien amongst barbarians. Oh. Yikes. Barbarians. However, again, this is all according to his book. Nobody else's account. However, according to the confession, he ends up being super successful and says, quote, For recently, what a change they have become, a prepared people of the Lord, 
and they are now called the sons of God. According to the confession, he ordained a shitload of cl- uh, clergy and baptized thousands of Irish all over the country. Wow. And he says he did this, like, often enduring grave danger and discomfort. As a saint would. Right. Discomfort, I don't... What is discomfort? But in this, anyway... Sounds like your whole damn existence is discomfort. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly. Right. He's had a quite eventful life. I don't know what kind of grave danger he's talking about. Maybe taking pagans away from pagan ruling is bad. I don't Sounds dangerous. Yes. He even says he's taken captive again, of course, and robbed alongside his companions who he describes as sons of kings. So he's saying he's got these companions that went with him that are obviously very well off, very high in society. But he, you know, he's taken captive and they're all robbed. I don't know. Again, again, he's captive. Again. And yet, again, he is freed and manages to get all of his money back. And he credits this to none other than JC, the big guy upstairs. Hell yeah. Though he admits he expects at this point for bad things to happen to him, i.e. like slavery, assaults. Every single day. He knows God will take care of him. He's basically saying like. I'm in a land of savages. And I know that bad things are going to happen to me while I'm here. But God's got my back. I'll be okay. I kind of love that. Irish people are clearly savages. That's not me saying that. That's old St. Pat. He actually said it. Yes. So word of all this gets back to Patrick's homeland and it sparks a lot of controversy. And he admits at this time in the confessions, of course, that he is writing the book just to defend himself against the charges from his own people back home. The church back home thinks he has become like quite the diva. I guess. And he's using his fame for his own personal gain and it has very little to do with Christianity at all. So he is only writing his memoirs in order to save face. Be famous. So that also tells you the confessions are probably mostly bullshit. Really? Well, I mean, he's, he's admitting that he's just writing it. When the hell did he do when he was 15 that they are charging him for? I don't know. I would love to know. But unless time travel becomes a thing. A thing? I don't I don't want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pass on the 4th century. Thank you. I'm good with not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Where was I? Okay. Remember when I said he wrote two books? Yeah. Okay, so the first one is less of a book, actually, and more of a letter that he sent to some soldiers, which we're going to go over that. We are at a time in his timeline right now for when this letter would have been written, 
So we're getting to that part of the story. So I'm, I'm going to bring up this letter. The letter is famously known as the Epistula. Okay. I don't know. I don't the know epistula. what it, Don't ask me what that means. I don't know what that means. So when the soldiers of Caroticus cut down and cruelly put to sword many of the people Patrick had just baptized. Oh, come take, on. Taking others captive and refusing to release with no with release them no matter what Patrick said or did. We have this letter that he writes and it's the epistula is this letter of excommunication to all these soldiers. He's just like he goes off on them like you just killed all my people you won't let the other ones go so i'm excommunicating you from the christian religion oh because he has that kind of authority supposedly right that's the epistula so you when you see like those are the only two the confessions and the epistula are really all we have to go off of on what kind of man this guy was a book he wrote about himself to defend his character and this letter of excommunication to these soldiers. Later in the confessions, we have Patrick start to admit he is terribly homesick, but still believed it was God's will for him to remain in, in Ireland until his death. Continuing that he would, that he believed all his work would be in vain if he just left. So, which it, you know, it would, it does. Uh, he, he does not leave. He stays. Towards the end of the confession, he tells the reader how he wishes to be remembered. So here's a quote. Mm. On, here's a quote on how he wishes to be remembered. I now pray for anyone who believes in and fears God who may perchance come upon this writing, which Patrick the sinner and the unlearned wrote in Ireland. I wrote it so that no one might say that whatever little I did or anything I made visible according to God's pleasure was done through ignorance. Rather, we should judge the situation and let it be truly believed that it was a gift from God. And this is my declaration before I die. This is as far as the document ever got. So that's that's the end of it. We have no more original source material. Wow, St. Patrick. So we get we the time's going to go on for a little bit because we don't have any more writings about him until the seventh century. Really? So in the seventh century, when did he have, be? When was he made a saint? I will don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, brother. I think I don't know. So in the seventh century, writings state that he died on March 17th in Ireland. So that's where we're getting March 17th from. But that's not until the seventh century document. And that was buried in the town of Dunpatrick. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> what is my problem today? You don't, you're doing great. You're doing just great. The document also says he was buried in the town of Dunpatrick, but there is no at all. There is a plaque or like a tombstone at the church in Dunpatrick that has Patrick's name on it, 
but this tombstone is from the early 20th century. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of other relics that have been associated with him through time. One being the Shrine of St. Patrick, which is this silver, it's like a silver hand. Uh-huh. Um, Odd. Which I, you know, being a relic, you would guess that like his arm is, it's like a forearm with a hand. So you would probably assume that it's silver over his actual forearm and hand. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess it's been replaced a lot. There's it's also, replaceable. Well, the the one that we see now is not the same one that we've seen through time. There's also a bell of St. Patrick, and the one, of course, now replaces one that go back centuries. So there's really not a whole lot on St. Patrick. You know, we're worshiping these relics that are really new, 20th century or more. We have a tombstone for him that's from the 20th century it's like mm, i don't know so what about these snakes yeah and what, and what about shamrock shakes yes snakes and shamrock shakes yes what about them the writings of saint patrick uh ridding ireland of snakes dates back to the 12th century so not the Ice Age, but this was written by a chronicle, a chronicler named Jocelyn of Furness. Break, break. Snake things from the 12th century and was written by the chronicler named Jocelyn of Furness. The story also appears in writings by one of Jocelyn's contemporaries, uh, Gerald, the Gerald of Wales. I don't know. The Gerald of Wales. Okay. Something like that. But both writings about a man who died 600 years prior. So, again, is there truth to it? Probably not. Anyways. For the Shamrocks. It is said, as early mentions of Patrick go, using Shamrocks was something he did to explain, like, the Holy Trinity. Oh. This story goes back to 1727 so over a thousand years after his death right what is the real story of saint patrick then we don't know we have no idea uh you know and we have like there's lots of things that are associated with saint patrick's day the shamrock being the trinity i don't know maybe maybe that was something that happened back then. Why did I think that a lot of shamrocks grew in Ireland? I mean, they do. In green. Yeah. But here's the thing. So we've got leprechauns, all right? And we, the reason I didn't go too far into the leprechauns is because we already, I have already told one of the most well-known of the stories. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was this, their leprechauns are kind of like a fairy subsect and in ireland they also have something called the changeling which is also a fairy subsect the Uh change the we talked about changelings and what changelings are you know they they can men uh, women and children are feeble-minded and can easily be persuaded to follow these changelings back to fairyland and the changeling takes over their persona 
Um, it's kind of a way that they use to explain moodiness and women or children being whatever bad. I don't know. <laughs> no, they're not. Well, like a baby that cried a lot. There's like, a changeling. Oh. Yeah. And so they would like leave it in the forest, like, you know, hoping that they would get their baby back. Like, that's not really going to cure that crying as well as you think. But okay. Maybe the baby comes back quieter, but it's probably going to be dead because it succumbed to elements. But yeah, so I'd already talked about that. and But the research that I did on leprechauns, they don't even really wear green. So hear me out. Listening. So leprechauns that live in groups wear red. Leprechauns that are solo that like to just you know hang by themselves they're typically older and they're the ones that wear green there's a whole like there's this whole like i don't know hierarchy of elf fairy type things in this folklore leprechauns are just a part of it they're just a really small small part of leprechaun so how (laughs) how we adopted leprechaun i mean really it's really americans that turned saint patrick's day into this what it is now right shamrocks all this i mean it is nothing like that in ireland so we don't really know you know like saint patrick we don't know do the really Irish anything. do the Irish celebrate St. Patty's Day? They do. Okay. They do. And I know this because I have a friend who's in Ireland. She's Irish. And she sent me videos of like their St. Patrick's Day parade, but it's so different. It's so different than what we do. I mean, it's debauchery. What? <laughs> No, they do get, they will party and, you know, the pubs and stuff are open downtown and they have this parade and stuff, but it's just not, it's not Are the pubs open downtown at 6 a.m.? That, I don't, no, the, (laughs) where the origins of kegs and eggs can know that that's Irish per se, it could be. Just goes together so damn well. It just, Yes. I've never, I've never done that. I have. But it's good times. I imagine. Well, see, if I was a day drinker, again. If you're a day drinker, then you're going to be a day sleeper. (laughs) That is it. I would be asleep by like. Ten. Right. Uh, Yeah. In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. So start drinking at 6 a.m. In bed by 10 a.m. Yes. And probably sleeping the rest of the day away. And the night too. Possibly never getting up again. Yes. Until the next day. I I don't know. That's real life. That happened to me. I have never really taken the day off. So I don't know. I have. It's ridiculous. I've heard I never knew why I was doing it. Other than all my friends wanted to do it. It's a big (laughs) Ohio. It's a big Ohio thing. Kegs and oh yeah but i mean it could be everywhere i don't know sure d- sure do you do kegs and eggs to celebrate saint patrick's day let my us know we my little strangelings what do you think 
who do you, who, why do you think you celebrate? Why did you, like, I never even knew, you know, St. Patty's Day. I just knew something about the Irish and that's it. And St. Patrick, sure. But I didn't know anything about him. I knew St. Patrick wasn't Irish. I knew that. And I knew the story of him, you know, ridding Ireland of the snakes. There are now, there are some people who believe, and I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want hate for this, but there's some historians that believe that the story of St. Patrick driving snakes out of Ireland was St. Patrick driving the Africans out of Ireland. Oh, okay. There is this racial theory. And, well, when you first said snakes, I thought of bad people, like, like, um. Not, not physical snakes, but like. Yeah, the fat cats, the, yeah, the, the, the desirables. Yes. There's, you know, it, it could be kind of like some sort of Robin Hood type tale of him being this hero but again like we get so very little about him and what we get about him is what he wrote about himself right if i was going to write about myself and i feel like i'm i'm trying to um justify my actions i'm going to i mean i'm going to spin a yarn i'm going to spin a yarn to make myself look good heck yeah just joking. I, I don't know if I would. I don't know that I just... I mean, uh, There are good people in this world. Maybe he was one of those and he's like, look, this is what I'm really doing here. But obviously some pe- he rubbed some people the wrong way or they wouldn't have questioned him. Obviously thought, he rubbed a lot of people the right way. He's a saint. Yeah, true. True. I mean, he converted a lot of pagans to Christianity. So he was... He was sainted or whatever it's called. I don't know. Is what do you that call the, that Is that the only thing that um, makes you a saint? No, that's what he was. That's what okay, he okay, is, okay, okay. became a saint. I'm for. thinking of other saints and I didn't, um, I guess it would be safe for me to assume that it's because they brought people to Christianity, but I didn't know if there were other reasons why people became saints. I think they all have their own reason. Okay. They're canonized. Is that what it's called? When you but doesn't the isn't the isn't like the Catholic Church the one that saints people? Yes. Okay, so it has to be something to do with Christianity. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like saint of being a badass. It's for a reason. Like they've done something. They've they've done something or or uh, committed their life to a message or of some sort. But they are all like, you know, there's like patron saint of, you know, I don't know, popsicles or they're all their, they just have all their different names. This such and such patron saint of blah, blah, blah. Right, right. They're not all, it's not just everybody did the same shit. What's St. Patrick's, uh, the patron saint of? God. Oh, snap. You don't even know. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I, oh no, get out the goog. Get out the goog. Patron saint of Ireland. Lovely. 
He is the patron saint of Ireland. We should have known that. I should have. I mean, we all should have. If, if any of us that didn't know, myself, That you, seems like a weird thing to be a patron saint of. Yeah, a, a country. It's like an ambassador. Right. Like, can I be the patron saint of Mississippi? I'm like, is there one? No. You could probably do anything you wanted to. Patron saint of the flea market? <gasps> oh, there my God. There go. Speaking of the flea market. Tell me about it. Okay. So, the people who don't know, we own a flea market. A huge, huge antique flea market, okay? It's amazing. And it's in this very large warehouse that used to be the rival Crock-Pot factory. Really? Yes. So, we believe it to be haunted. Because, I mean, I don't know why, because, but it, I don't know if it's the items in there. But it, weird stuff happens at night in that building. I would not doubt it. So we have, you know, we compiled lists of stories. And we got someone to come out and investigate it. They didn't catch anything, but they also didn't stay the whole night because it was so hot that night that they came to town. So anyways, we have this vendor who Friday night after close approaches dad and another vendor and Mm. he says has anyone ever mentioned odd stuff happening here at night and he was like yeah i mean we we hear about it all the time um and he goes because i just saw a gremlin a gremlin a gremlin yep well there's probably gremlins within there he saw oh god no lane oh <laughs> i can handle ghosts i can't handle gremlins i'm talking about the stuffed animal like i'm sure that there's gremlin memorabilia there oh, like, no, no. from the movie no he meant he saw a gremlin and he described it like being dobby the house elf or whatever and i was like so you mean he's got pointy ears and he's like i didn't even notice ears he Ugh. just was it like that height and build and he looked he was in the middle of the aisle and they looked at each other and he it just darted to the side when it oh my god uh... i can't handle it if there's some sort of alien or something in there i can't do aliens i can't do tangible things let it be a ghost sure the clocks all go off at the same time. Yeah, it's very bizarre at night. I mean, every clock in this... Uh, it, it's just an eerie place to be at night. But a gremlin? A gremlin? No. No, I can't. I can't handle <laughs> Don't it. even go there. So then, you know, after he tells me the story, I'm like, have you ever seen the movie Fire in the Sky? And as soon as I bring up that movie... Stop it. Every hair on my arm stands up. It comes on the TV last night and I about died. <gasps> like, what? What? Yeah. Oh, there are definitely some forces within. Mm, I can't. If there's aliens, I, I quit. I'm done. 
<laughs> they want to come down to the flea market. I'm so done. I can't do it. Uh, he's like, maybe they just read books at night. I'm like, I don't even know if I believe you, but I'm still terrified. Because, like, I feel like you're lying. Or, like, you know, I feel like it's not something that happened. But the more you talk about it, the more freaked out I'm getting. Like, at first you're like, oh, a gremlin. Okay, you know. Then you're like, fuck, is it a gremlin? Oh, my God. That would be horrible. We should do the wicked history of gremlins. Yeah. What's the wicked history of the flea market? Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) How long long has it been a flea market? 11 years. That's it? Yeah. So 11 years ago is when stuff, you know, from anywhere, bad juju, good juju, just anything started being brought in yes and then before that it was a crock pot it's been several things but it was there was a huge and you'll have to i'll have to talk to dad about dates specifically but there was a really bad tornado and i it hit a park so it's named after the park it hit but it also hit that building and leveled it oh all you know the people inside of it we don't, you know, what, did anybody die from it? No, no clue. But there's a lot of items inside that have really long histories. And I kind of believe that some bad juju can be tied to stuff. Heck yeah. Like we have that soda fountain, which is, it looks like a huge bar for anyone who's never been to the flea market. Oh, yes, it's awesome. But we've heard at night, you'll hear like people at, the soda fountain you hear talking you hear you know you hear but it's not like something you can make out the words you just it's like hearing somebody talking from another room i don't know how to but if it i'll deal with that please don't please don't let there be gremlins there's no gremlins don't if if dobby the house elf is living and reading books in the flea market can you please leave i don't want to see you well you know it's just be there there at night yeah don't let me see you is all i gotta say just don't let me see you i'll be good just don't let me see it anyways saint patrick's day leprechauns gremlins whatever it all it all ties in yeah so anyways that is the History, I can't really say wicked history. I believe that this dude was probably a dickhead of some sort. Oh, don't say it. He, I feel, you know, if people, if his own people are like, this guy is letting fame get to him, he's taking advantage of people, he was probably, there's probably some truth to it. I don't know. You know, he was canonized. Good for him. He is the patron saint of Ireland. 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 And we celebrate it. He yeah. definitely didn't rid Ireland of snakes ever. Snakes. He's not the Pied Piper of snakes in Ireland. He just, he like got a bunch of pagans and dunked them in a river and was like, You're clergy, you're not. You're clergy, you're not. And so on and so forth. I don't like the way you smell. Yes. All right. All right.
Have a wonderful week. Yes, we'll see y'all next weekend. Bye. Boop, boop. Bye.